0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Health Bees. And this is your host, Rana, your physical and mental wellness coach. Today, we'll talk about a hormonal disorder common among 8 to 13% of women of reproductive age, known as PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And to help us know better about this disease, I have a guest, Dr. Priya Bahulian, who's an experienced Ayurveda doctor and a lifestyle consultant. So hello, doctor, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, Rana, for having me here. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Okay. So, tell me. so, yeah, my first question is pretty obvious. What exactly is this PCOS and what are its symptoms?
1: Okay, now PCOS, it is a broad term. Actually, it's an umbrella term. So mm. for laymen, it's for the common man to understand. See, pcos is polycystic ovarian syndrome it is also called as polycystic ovarian disease polycystic ovary so in different terms so ideally it is a hormone dysfunction it is a endocrine disorder which is mostly seen in uh, the reproductive age group Mm -hmm. Okay, now the incidence is so alarming these days that one in every five women have this problem. Right. So and then uh, not only in the reproductive age, you can say around your perimenopausal age and postmenopausal, the presentation is seen in different ways in different age groups. Mm -hmm. So this is basically to understand in a common man's term, it's a hormonal disorder, which is caused due to either genetic or your wrong uh, lifestyle and uh, other causes are unknown. But then still, it the main factors which they say is genetic and, and healthy lifestyle living. Okay, so what are the common symptoms? Yeah, when you talk about symptoms, see, to diagnose a patient having a polycystic ovarian syndrome, basically, there is a criteria. There are three things. Like first, you say that, uh, you know, there has to be an anovulation or, you know, menstrual disturbance, the first and foremost. Then the second one is hyperandrogenism, where, you know, the body shows a predominant male pattern hormone. In, in women. And then third one, it would be the polycystic ovary. So I'll just explain to you in simple terms. So first, when you say menstrual disturbance, it can be like excessive bleeding, it can be scanty menstruation, it can be skipping of your cycles. Okay, so mm-hmm. different ways it is shown. And now next coming to the male pattern hormone, you know, the, the ovaries when they are functioning, it's an, basically it's a hormone dysfunction. So your ovaries are functioning erratically. So they're producing more of androgen which is the male hormones. So you see conditions like excessive facial hair growth. You can see it on your sideburns, on your upper lips, on your chest area, around your lower abdominal area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In unwanted hair growth would be there and also scalp hair loss. Okay. Actually, it is a male pattern badness. Exactly. There's a scalp hair loss. So when male hormones are increasing in women, you will have hair on phases where you actually don't need it. And at the same time, your scalp hair will will be lost. Right. So this is what happens when there is male hormones in the body. So hirsutism and scalp hair loss is one thing. Plus there will be acne also.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. So these are the presentations. Then next comes the polycystic ovaries. Like when you do ultrasound scanning and all, you'll be able to see that. Bilaterally, like on both ovaries, there would be uh, around more than 12 small, small cysts seen like, you know, pearl, pearl, like it is arranged peripherally, you will see there are several cysts on the ovaries. So these three things are to be diagnosed, uh, at least two of these symptoms, like either anovulation or it has to be hyperandrogenism, or it could be just, uh, you know, some hirsutism and polycystic. So if any of the three is positive in a patient, you diagnose him to be having
0: polycystic ovarian disease. And the ovaries, they don't release eggs, right? The cysts, they're just filled with fluid or something. So that's why you have irregular periods, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So what happens
1: in polycystic ovaries is that these cysts which you see on the ovaries, they are immature ovum, which is not mature to shed out. So they settle down on these ovaries and what happens ultimately, the ovarian size enlarges, the stroma volume en- enlarges, there's a thickening of your ovary. So all of these things happen. So basically when you say these are assist in various stages of maturation which have not been able to uh, release in the form of menses or periods. Okay. So now one of the main complaints with people come as uh, obesity. Now uh, obesity or weight gain is one of the main factors in polycystic ovary. So what happens is you tend to gain a lot of weight and you also find difficulty in losing weight. So these are the two things which are mostly seen in polycystic ovarian disease. So ideally what happens is when you are gaining weight, body gets resistant to insulin, what is being produced.
0: So what happens is your... Uh, Just a pause, uh, for my listeners, can you just describe what is this insulin resistance and what actually insulin does so that they can have a better idea of the picture? Yes,
1: definitely. That's what
0: I'm coming to. So basically what
1: happens, insulin is secreted from pancreas. So this hormone actually helps the glucose or the carbs to be metabolized in the body in form Mm -hmm. of energy. Hmm. So what happens is uh, when you are gaining weight, your body becomes resistant in the sense that the pancreas will produce insulin, but your body cells are not taking it. They are not using the insulin which is produced. Hmm. So what happens, there is a feedback mechanism to the brain. They say that, you know, the, the body is not using insulin, so it needs to produce more insulin. So what the pancreas starts producing more and more insulin and the body doesn't utilize it so there will be an increase when you check your blood serum levels and all the insulin level will be too high so that would lead to uh, this you know excessive weight gain and whenever a person has a lot of weight and he's finding difficulty in losing weight you have to know that there is an insulin resistance that is there that is the culprit Mm -hmm. which is not letting you lose weight
0: your body gets trapped in this loop exactly Okay, but when we talk about PCOS, it is often said that it is just not a physical disease, it's also a mental disease also. It affects your overall well-being. So what are the emotional or mental symptoms we are looking into?
1: Yeah, right. That's a good question you asked me. See, uh, in, in PCOD, what happens is in different age groups, people come to us with different presentations. So especially in the teenage groups, we see a lot of anxiety, irritability, mood swings, you know, depression, all of these come along with because uh, firstly, there is a skipping off there, you know, the menstrual cycle is disturbed. Plus there is hormonal imbalances happening in the body. So especially, mostly seen in teenage girls and also around the perimenopausal time. There is a lot of psych involvement there where the patient has mood swings, mostly into depression, agitation, you know, or cravings and all of these things. So we have to have a very holistic approach in treating this disease. So it's just not your systemic one. It affects your reproductive system, your endocrine system, your metabolic system and your mental psych also. So we when you plan a treatment or when a patient comes to us you have to look into all the aspects you sit with the person especially young girls you have got to sit mm-hmm. with them you have to talk it out with them so you have to evaluate the whole person to plan his treatment it is just not weight loss it is not just some pills that you give so it has right. to be working at different levels
0: it is more like a counseling thing
1: Exactly. It has to be because see this PCOD, everyone should understand one thing to my listeners. I'm saying this is a disease which can only be managed, right? Managed to an extent that it does not even uh, affect your quality of life. But anytime your you know lifestyle gets erratic and you are eating bad, you're gaining weight. So this can come back. So having a healthy lifestyle is very, very important.
0: This that doesn't mean that every obese person with irregular periods, he'll have PCOS, right? not at all
1: not at all yeah that is also there and every uh, it, it's not necessary that only obese should get pcod even there are so many slim you know healthy weight people also having pcod so it is not related to just fat it is about uh, you know in unhealthy eating when you eat unhealthy what happens is the same thing the insulin resistance increases in the body there is a hormonal dysfunction which is happening so you need not necessarily be obese category or uh, a slim category to you know diagnose pcod uh, problem so that depends on your constitution actually right
0: so what are the first line of treatment other than pills if i talk about the lifestyle modification
1: okay okay so first and foremost if you are obese if you are overweight working on exercise is absolutely important this is one case where you know even without medicines you'll be able to tackle this problem if diagnosed early so hmm. exercise every day, some sort of exercise, and especially to teenagers, to the mothers of teenagers, I have to say, you have to make it a habit uh, that, you know, your, your children work out, they do exercise every day, at least 30 minutes. So this is the lifestyle which has to be adopted first and foremost. So there has to be exercise. And, uh, you know, uh, when you exercise, what happens is, you know, everybody says, what is the, the relation between uh, working out, losing weight and PCOD? So that is what I'm going to explain now. So when you are working out, what happens is your body becomes more sensitive to insulin. So it starts using your insulin. So, you know, problems like cardiovascular problems or diabetes mellitus, which is going to affect in the future, will not be there. Plus, when you are working out, the the function of your ovary, the ovaries are producing a lot of androgens, male hormones. So when you are working out your uh, the hormone functions get regularized and your ovary starts behaving in sense. So in the sense that your hirsutism, your acne, also your cycles, if disturbed, will get regularized. So this is the role of exercise in PCOs. Okay, and also not just in overweight, even if you have a healthy weight, this is the same mechanism. When you work out, this is what is going to happen in your body. So irrespective of you are overweight or underweight, you have to make a habit of working out every day, 30 minutes. This is the first one.
0: Okay, uh, so, just I have a pop-up question over here because I hear it a lot and people say also that I do household work or I just mm-hmm. uh, climb two flights of stairs every day. I don't need any exercise or in short, they don't know what exactly exercise means. Any healthy workout which gives you a sweat for 30 minutes, that is actually an exercise. Not your mopping, cleaning or you're doing any household work. That is not exercise. So can you just Tell us precisely what actually exercise means, because there is a lot of confusion about the exercise. Okay, okay. Thanks for asking me that question. As per Ayurvedic perspective,
1: whenever you exercise, it should only be half of your physical strength. Whoever, because every person is different, yeah, and yeah. your stamina, your tolerance is different, and your liking is also different. You cannot just swim. You cannot cycle. Everyone has different choice. So exercise is something you should always uh, do at least thirty minutes. Ideally when your underarms your face and your you know fold start sweating that is the time when you should stop that's what ayurveda says it's about exercise it can be any form it can be swimming it can be cycling it can be zumba pilate whatever you want to do 30 minutes you must sweat but at the same time it should not be so rigorous you know out of your physical strength right so if uh, this yes, so,
0: internet inside is all flooded with tips of exercise fitness, and everything so it's it's very overwhelming for everyone at some point of the time what should i do i should should i do this is it okay for me so uh, just tell me one more thing i would i would like to say how to know that this exercise is better for me
1: See, it's about your, your mental happiness. See, it's uh, that's the ultimate, I would say. See, as a person, you should assess yourself. See, certain days you would want to do yoga. Okay, so you do right. it. Next day you feel, oh, let's, it's getting monotonous for me. Let me try something else. You are always free to do whatever you do. There is no one particular set of yoga or one particular set of exercise that you should do for PCOD. Okay, you are free mm-hmm. to do anything. Just that you need to sweat out a little bit, 30 minutes of workout, your heart. You know, your body should feel warm once you are done with the exercise 30 minutes it can be anything so i don't want to categorize into any you are free to do whatever you want
0: okay it is uh, basically about keeping consistency and maintaining a daily routine with any workout as per your liking Uh right yes
1: okay so the next one is after exercise now diet so with diet one thing again we see a lot of misleading information on internet uh, you have to be very very wise see there is no particular set of food that you should eat and should not eat I'll tell you how to have a healthy eating habit first okay. and foremost you need to inculcate the habit of eating seasonal fruits and vegetables do not buy the preserved ones hmm. all of that seasonal from local vendors. be farm fresh organic things so eat seasonal fruits you know you, certain fruits you get throughout the year Those are all preserved ones. So you should not go for it. Buy seasonal fruits and vegetables. You need to include a lot of green leafy vegetables Mm -hmm. and plus also fruits. At the same time, having nuts like flax seeds and sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, very, very important. Mm -hmm. And then of course, pulses, lentils, all of these. You cannot just cut on anything. You need to have healthy fat also because for your body to absorb fat, you know certain uh, vitamins like A, D, E, K, you need to have Uh, what you said, the uh, healthy fat in the body for these vitamins to be absorbed. So if you are doing a diet where there is no healthy fat in the body, so all of these vitamins will not be absorbed in your body. Okay, so you have to include healthy fats also. Only thing is, you should watch the quantity that you eat and also the timing of your eating and how you are eating. Mindful eating is very, very important. In the sense, see, when you have a plate, you know how much to eat and how much to eat. That is also one doubt everyone has, I guess. So always fill only half of your stomach with food. Only half of the stomach has to be filled with food. Remaining one-fourth, you can have water and remaining one-fourth, you have to leave it for the air, for the digestion to be proper. So your acne, your digestive power also decides to a great extent about all these hormonal imbalances. So whenever you eat, eat only half the capacity of your stomach, okay? Leave one-fourth for water, one-fourth for air. So that's how you must be eating. And again, when you sit to eat, Look at your food, what you have on your plate, savor everything that is there, chew very slowly and keep away all your gadgets, your television, you know, a lot of talking. When you do, you do not know how much you have eaten. Okay, mm. so when you sit to eat, you need to mindfully, you have to see and relish each morsel so that you eat less at the same time you enjoy your food and you don't end up overeating. That's each one Each with thing. your so senses. these are... Yes, you have to have this habit. So gradually you'll be able to do No, one fine day you are into, you know, you must be in the habit of watching TV or speaking on the phone and eating. So all of that, it takes time for people to cut off soon. But you can, if consciously done this, these are simple things which will help you have a long term health. So, this is what with eating I had to say. So, you don't need to cut down on any particular set of food. But yes, if you have acne and problems like that, you can cut down on your dairy products. That is one Mm -hmm. thing. Plus, uh, meat is required. Eggs are also needed. But you can uh, keep it low. Meat diet. And no red meat. Everything, rest of all of the foods are good for you. Eat in limits. That's all.
0: Okay. And one more thing. You mentioned about the healthy fat. So, healthy Mm. fat. Should we also add ghee or cow's ghee in our diet?
1: Perfect. A cow's ghee is one of the greatest thing to in, even to improve your digestive acne. Whenever you eat food, especially in the morning, you add a little bit of a pure desi cow, cow's ghee is going to boost your metabolism. It improves your immunity. It, it also helps with weight loss for that matter. You know, people have a wrong notion that, you know, if you eat ghee, you tend to gain a lot of weight. It doesn't mean you have to have scoops of it, but a little bit of ghee with your food, it is going to help you with your digestion. Yeah, it is packed with many of
0: the antioxidants. You must have it. It it is. Yes,
1: definitely. It has a lot of antioxidants and it it is an instant energy giving uh, food also. So Mm. ghee, people have actually demonized all of the healthy foods, I should say whole uh, whole eggs people don't eat egg yolk it has got all the nutrients you know all iron zinc biotin omega-3 everything is there in egg yolk but people don't eat it no, my humble request is that you must, you can eat all of the food, but in limited amount. Egg, when you eat, please have the whole cooked egg. And when you have the, you know, the desi ghee also, when you have your food, try to in, in, in like maybe half teaspoon with your chapatis or roti, you can have it because that's only going to help. And other healthy fat you can have from avocados and seeds and nuts. They are a great source of healthy fat. So you can, and when you take seeds, always make sure not to have the salted ones because salted ones only cause water retention and increase sodium. So just try un, unsalted
0: seeds if you are in the habit of having seeds. Absolutely. And if I talk about the you know emotional well-being or mental well-being, so how to hmm. fight with the stress? Because a lot of stress comes with the disease. Now, to tackle with stress, what do we have?
1: In Ayurveda, you know, we have this, uh, what do you call, Ramban, which is uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. Yoga, like yoga, is not like you know flexing your body uh, beyond your limits. It's not that is not yoga. So yoga, it is it is controlling your body movements, absorbing your body, absorbing your breath. So all of these things. So you can just uh, go in for a trained uh, yoga if you want to do, and also meditation, pranayam, what you say. Meditation when you do, it's not very easy as you think. Meditation is a great way to deal with stress. So when you sit to meditate, you know, there are a lot of wandering thoughts which come to you. So what do you need to do initially for teenagers especially? Mm -hmm. okay you need to start with guided meditation where somebody is talking to you they'll guide you they'll tell you they'll be guiding you throughout your process so if you sit idle at one place and you start observing your breathing in and breathe it's not possible so when you sit to meditate the process is you close your eyes and you are observing your breath you're breathing in breathing out that is the only thing you are you are supposed to focus and you have to look into your inner self Okay, so if you find it difficult to concentrate, because I have so many patients who tell me that, you know, you're a doctor, it's just not possible to meditate, you know, I get irritated, or maybe my problems increase when I'm trying to, you know, me- meditate, when I close my eyes, all the thoughts come to me, it's very difficult to meditate, but you know, you have to not stop there, you have to consciously try to complete that full course, like if you are determined to sit for five minutes, try to complete sit there for five minutes, whenever you have a distraction. And you realize, oh, my mind is distracted, you can cut off there and then again, start concentrating on your breath. So this has to be, uh, you know, very with effort. You have to do it. So but meditation is a very greatest method to tackle with stress every day, a morning, preferably like five to 10 minutes of uh, meditation. If not 10 minutes, at least five minutes you can start with. So meditation is one thing. Second one is the uh, yoga simple thing, simple yoga asanas like five ten minutes of yoga asanas you can do, holding each postures. We are not in a hurry, bury. You are anyways doing thirty minutes of exercise. So when you are sitting, you are you're stressed out a little bit. You can try five or ten minutes of simple yoga postures, which is comfortable for you. Thing which is at ease with you. Yes, exactly. And first absolutely meditation, uh, then uh, yoga, and the third one is deep breathing. Breathing is a great tool. So mm-hmm. how to do deep breathing is. Uh, Whenever you have stressed, you know, you're thinking about something, uh, even if you're sitting at your office place, wherever it is, deep breathing is a great way. So you got to deep breathe in nicely. And when you breathe out, you have to count one, two, three, four. So till that particular count, you need to breathe out. So doing this 10 times, you know, repeated 10 repetitions, you you will instantly see that your stress, your wandering thoughts come down soon. So whenever you're stressed, you should also practice deep breathing. Okay, so that is one also one method for uh, tackling
0: with stress. That's wonderful. And while you yeah, were yeah. mentioning about meditation, I have an incidence, there was one of my uncle and he was so mm. stressed out doing meditation and he always wakes up six. And while he was just concentrating on his, you know, closes his eyes and then uh, my aunt used to do something in the kitchen. He'll say, kar rahi I'm meditating, don't do this. So he was so stressed out <laughs> in the whole process of meditation. It was so stressful. And really, I don't know what type of meditation it is. So I just say Ki mm. meditation is just, let the thoughts come and go and don't stick to anything because that, right. that is the only point people get so stressed up. why they can't meditate why they can't see that point why can't they mm. can't do it so it is nothing like that it is just your thoughts come and let them go that is what meditation is and I yeah, just yeah. we used to laugh so much uh, like uncle what you're doing you better not practice and let us sleep also so that was very good <laughs> at that time <laughs> Yeah, because meditation,
1: it has to be definitely done at a very quiet place because already your mind would be disturbing you quite a lot. But And of course, if there's external, uh, you know, they get disturbed also, especially during initial days, it's very, very difficult. As I told you, I have patients who just cry all the time. I just cannot sit for meditation. So, but then after a couple of weeks, it gets better. It definitely gets better and their outlook also changes. So this is something which has to be done with family help also. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, when, whenever, uh, especially with PCOD, when girls come, you have to uh, counsel their mothers more than them, because, you know, they need help. Many a times when it is a hormonal dysfunction, you do not, the person himself do not know what, why he's agitated or why he's behaving indifferent, you know, so counseling, it has to go into the parents also, we try to make them understand. So it's it's like a whole process. Right. So, however, it's not a life-threatening thing. Like, if it, if proper care is taken, uh, you need not worry. Now, if proper attention is not taken, definitely there would be,
0: you know, long-term complications. As you have said this point about parents, that, like, she is diagnosed with PCOS, the parents yeah. take it very casually. Like, it's not disorder, it's just irregular menses or something irregular cycle will take a pill throw some pills inside you and it will be all okay you know there is a lack of awareness among people also especially parents yeah. and teenagers so what do you have to tell to those parents which take these things so lightly mm-hmm. and they say Ki, uh, you are making such a havoc of it and it is not something like that and what all shit you're talking about so what do you have mm-hmm. to tell to those parents
1: no, see, it's it's about
0: approaching them with
1: love, actually. When parents come to you, they actually do not know what it is because there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of business in the market, you know, there are a lot of tests being done. And, you know, sometimes uh, there, w- there wouldn't be problems So making them understand in a very uh, peaceful manner is very important. So first and foremost, uh, you have to make them understand that this is not a condition which is restricted to reproductive age. See, uh, in teenage, say, for example, at two 13, it could just be menstrual disorder around 20 years of age. It can be some sort of acne. When you are 24, 25, you will have fertility problems right? Mm-hmm. Uh, difficulty in conceiving. Then when it comes after fertility, when you're given childbirth and everything happens, then you start gaining weight, mm-hmm. right? You start tend to get obese and then the, the hormonal disturbances like diabetes comes, hypercholesterol. you know, cholesterol increases, right? Then there are, you know, stroke, then there is sleep apnea, difficulty in sleeping. The quality of life gets disrupted. Now around perimenopausal time, again, all of these diabetes, hyper, dyslipidemia, after menopause, what happens is there will be post-menopausal bleeding. There can be polyps, there can be endometrial thickening, there can be endometrial cancer so this is how it goes okay so it is not as simple as we are thinking it is a crucial thing if you do not treat or if you do not take proper care and not only endometrial cancer breast cancer is also indicated in this case so there can be polyps there can be fibroids there can be cancer so the 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 list goes on okay so uh, proper treatment is very very important but usually in teenage groups what happen if you are diagnosing it early like just with your menstrual disturbances, sometimes, you know, people don't even diagnose it. Whenever you diagnose, it is important to manage it right then and there. Absolutely. So this is all about counseling the parents. Now, If they are not, uh, they do not know much about it. You have to make them understand also the patient. So they should know how they are going to deal with this throughout life. So under making them understand is the main thing. I think it's basically ignorance, which uh, we have to deal with it. We have to explain to them. That's the only solution now.
0: So in short, I can say if we talk about lifestyle interventions, first is exercise, second Mm. is uh, diet, third is managing your stress. And fourth, or I'll say the first Mm. point is accepting that you have PCOS and have the awareness about it, right?
1: Exactly. You you must have the awareness. You must know what are the complications it can lead to. But you don't need to panic because it is well within your control. If you, you know, take care of it. With simple lifestyle
0: modification, everything is very doable. There is no Mm. need to worry about it. Right, exactly. There is Mm. a flying myth. If you have irregular periods, the couples don't have to use contraception. Is it true?
1: If you have irregular periods, you must see if you're not planning to conceive, you need to have the protection, right? If the cycles are irregular, you cannot predict when the ovulation is or if at all the ovulation is happening. So people get more stressed, see, when they they are trying to conceive and they don't Mm -hmm. conceive, they do not understand the cause of it, isn't it? Right. So uh, so for that, you know, if your ovulation, ovulation cycle is there, if you need to assess when the ovulation is. So first correcting your cycles is very important. If you're trying to conceive now without knowing it, you do not know how your cycles are going. And if you're trying to conceive, it is only going to create panic in the couple. So it's better to first regularize it and then try to conceive. So then comes the protection and all. Like if the cycles are regulated, you come to know when is your safe period or when is your fertility window. Accordingly, you can plan your uh, you know other
0: things. Absolutely. Okay, so my question is, are there any home remedies which can help in our daily life? Yeah, definitely. See, depending on that is also depending on
1: the condition, you know, what, what symptoms you have, your presentation, clinical presentation, like, mm-hmm. if you have been you know, a borderline, you are pre diabetic, or if you have cholesterol, so you know, accordingly, you can decide things what you do at. like, for example, I can tell you have you're in a pre diabetic stage, or you are diabetic. Also, you can try, uh, I'll tell you in remedy simple things which you can do at home. Uh, You can take uh, one teaspoon of fresh amla juice, add a pinch of uh, turmeric to it and have first thing in the morning. This will help you deal with your diabetic issues. And also during bedtime, you can have one one teaspoon of tribala in warm water, tribala churan and warm water you can have. Tribala is also one way. It will also help you regularize your metabolism and also will aid with weight loss as well if you are obese. So okay. that's one thing. Then again, if you are having cholesterol, you know, the associated complication of cholesterol, what you can try some, I can tell you one tea that you can prepare at home. Mm-hmm. So you can ideally make it take two cloves of garlic, uh, half an inch of uh, ginger, mm-hmm. then one cinnamon stick, and you can make a tea out of it. You can add it in two glass of water, boil it and reduce it to one glass. And before taking it, you can squeeze in half lime juice in it. This one is an excellent remedy for uh, increasing your metabolism at the same time, uh, tackle with the high cholesterol deposits in the body. So you can also try this like weekly, like you can do it continuously for a week, take a break and then after a couple of weeks, you can try that again.
0: Okay. And what about uh, insomnia? Like many of the people deal with sleep apnea also. Anything for sleeping better?
1: This is I'm, I'm sorry, this is one important point which I missed out about sleep. See, regular sleep is very, very important in this case, especially with PCOD. People have a lack of sleep also. So uh, at least seven to eight hours of undisturbed sound sleep is very, very essential. Now, if you Mm -hmm. find disturbance in sleeping, what you can do is you can just do five minutes of a foot massage before you sleep. You can either do it with castor oil or simple coconut oil foot massage. Okay, uh-huh. or even a head massage for that matter, but food has a lot of reflex points. Right. So if you do a little bit of a foot massage, that that is going to help you, you can also have a glass of warm milk, I can add drops of almond oil in it and sweet almond oil and you can have that also. So these are simple things which you can do for improving your sleep at night, just a glass of warm milk and food massage. Ideally, I think that should be good enough you must set a habit of sleeping at regular time. Otherwise, over time, what happens is even if you try to sleep at a particular time, you will have a broken sleep. So you will not get the quality of sleep and your body doesn't repair when you are sleeping. So uh, going to bed at a proper time also has to be practiced.
0: Absolutely. And finally, my final question, like if I talk about uh, the emotional factors in PCOS, we have infertility issues. And apart from that, there's low sexual desire like libido is quite less so how couples should look into it and especially if you look for your male partner so there can be some relationship issues over there
1: see this is my way of treating the patient more than anyone else you have to help yourself the patient has to help themselves so that is one thing okay definitely we are counseling the other people also but what you need to know is when when you are gaining weight Okay. And when you are stressed out, also a lot of co- stress hormones, cortisols, your adrenal glands, your ovaries, they're producing whenever you have excess male hormones in the body, your the libido, the uh, desire for sex, see, it's beyond your control when your hormones are working, not you. So you do not know you don't have interest in anything, you have a lot of irritability, you know, you when the, when the spouse coming close to you might be annoying for some people. Absolutely. So all of these things are the hormone. As I told you, it's just hormones. So when these hormones are controlled, your estrogen levels, your your prolactin levels are coming down. When you are treating your uh, problem, all of these things would be regularized. So naturally, your other problems are also going to settle along with this. So uh, basically, uh, this also has what is conveyed to the couple before we start the treatment.
0: Because I have seen women generally blame themselves that I don't know what is this happened to me and something's wrong with me. So I want to tell them it is your hormones which are the culprit. You are not the culprit. Just know about it yeah. and let your partner also know about it and go to the doctor you're seeing in your counseling sessions too. So they also know what actually women are dealing with. Exactly,
1: exactly. Awareness is very, very important. That is why, you know, there's a whole month, September, we do our, an awareness program. Yeah, right. So it, it's just not the patient, you have to educate all of them, because it's a it's a joint effort, you cannot do it alone. But at the same time, you as a patient, ha- you have the major role to play here. So once yeah, you, you know that you are forward. diagnosed, exactly, once you know that you are diagnosed with this, you have to take your steps. There are simple things which you need to do with effort and with help, you will be able to come out of it. Wonderful.
0: I think uh, if I recollect summary, I can say that PCOS affects your overall well-being, both physical and mental. So the first step is awareness and to know all about PCOS. Then only Mm. you can adapt for lifestyle changes. And I thank Dr. Priya for sharing her valuable insights, which will surely help many listeners. Thanks a lot, Priya. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. Have a good day. Uh, You too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you stop ignoring PCOS it is not a lazy fat girl condition small lifestyle modification is all you need so talk more about it know more about it and learn more about it and do subscribe to health bees for some more value-added thing goodbye